everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Each episode here is full of real-world information to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are thrilled to have you joining us here today. Now, each Tuesday, David and I discuss something that will either help you thrive as an individual or family, or perhaps it'll be something that will keep you back from thriving if you're not careful. We pray that God will use these conversations to help you really focus in on the things that will drive you forward along the path that God has for you. With that in mind, today we're focusing on an area that we've actually written quite a bit about over the last few years because we know how important it really is. We're going to be talking about our goals as individuals and as families. You know, one of the main definitions of thriving is to be successful in what you're trying to do. So setting up and understanding goals and then coming up with an actionable plan for achieving them is a huge foundational element if we want to thrive. We've got lots of ideas to talk to you about today and we'll even deal with a big fallacy that many people have when approaching their goals. Now before we dive into today's podcast though, David and I want to invite you to make a point to join us at a Teach Them Diligently event this year or in Teach Them Diligently 365 all year long. TTD events and resources have been used by the Lord to impact countless homeschool families just like yours by encouraging their hearts, refocusing their minds, and helping them find the joy and order in what God has called them to do. It truly is a joy to get together with thousands of others who are making decisions that put the hearts and minds of their families first. So please make your plans to join us this season in Round Rock, Texas or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for a three-day celebration of family, faith, and homeschooling unlike any you've ever experienced. We also have one-day events coming up. We have virtual events, lots of ways for you to get that encouragement and education. So get more details, including a list of speakers and resources that can be found there by visiting teachthemdiligently.net. You'll be amazed whether you're attending a one-day TTD live event or a three-day TTD convention, or even, like I said, one of the virtual events that we offer through the year, and how helpful they will be in refining your goals and giving you ideas for how to accomplish them. Right, David? That's right. <laughs> it is good to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're <laughs> you're joining me again today. Boy, I, you know, for those of you out there who are just tuning in, I really feel the need to, to bring you in on a little secret. It takes an act of Congress to get David to sit in front of this microphone every week um, so I, when, when I say that I'm glad that he's here with me, that's really, really sincere. I am very glad that you're here, David. Well, it's good to be here. And <laughs> I would like to think that it's not that hard. Oh, it's I, so I hard. It is so, so hard. But we've talked for a long time about the fact that as we're just kind of throwing things around, that it, it would be very, very nice to kind of encapsulate some of those things. And especially this year, as we are turning our eyes towards what is going to help us as a family and other families that we are privileged to serve through Teach Them Diligently, help us all thrive. One of the first things that always has to come into play as a, as a family, as an individual who wants to be successful at what God has called you to do is to 
understand what your big goal is. What is that one thing that you are pursuing above all else? And then allow that to inform everything below it. So I wanted us to talk about that a little bit today. Well, I, um, you know, this is one of those things that I think that, um, I think I actually believe it's the, the one thing that, we really did well when we were children and it was by accident when we had young children I, and it was by accident. And I can remember, um, sitting in the church service in Lilburn, Georgia and hearing pastor talk about, um, uh, things, for instance, he would, it, it, he would say, it is time for parents to have the attitude that you're going to have to crawl over me to get to hell. Hmm. And I, um, I keyed on that. And the reason why I keyed on that is because so many people and so many parents will say it is by grace that your kids turn out right. And, and when they say that, they're not saying anything wrong. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely straight up grace. It's absolutely grace. And it's true. But a lot of parents actually handle, or they when they present that, the spirit in which they say that is almost like, hey, it's out of my hands. Right. And Pastor in Lilburn was presenting that as if you are one of the disciples that Jesus Christ is handing the bread to for you to distribute out to the other families in the feeding of the 5,000 that God was actually using you to reach your kids. And like, that's your calling. And that was the way he was presenting it. And so based off of the teaching out of that church and a lot of things that he was talking about, I feel like that personally, as a young father, that developed this idea in me and this attitude in me that my number one priority was to teach my children how to be a active follower of Jesus right. Christ. And to we our prayer was that they would come to know the Lord at an early age. And we were very active in that. And when I say that it was our number one goal, every single thing that we did where I worked, whether or not you stayed home with the kids, where we lived, um, what kind of friends when they were young, what we allowed them to watch, what we allowed them to listen to, whether or not we did devotions, what devotions we did. I mean, like literally every single thing that we did on a daily basis, it was filtered through this idea of you know, our children need to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. What is the best way for that to happen? Right. Or, so, or crawl over us and, if they're not. I mean, literally, we would be a speed bump on their way to hell because we wanted to do every single thing in our power to make sure that Jesus Christ was lifted up in how we lived, how we presented him, how we orchestrated our days how we orchestrated our life, our priorities, what we displayed to them. All of these things were set up strictly to show them Jesus and to show them how good he was and how much he loved them and how gracious he was and to give them a hunger. You know, when I wrote Teach Them Diligently, the book, 
one of the things that that train up a child in the way he should go yeah. first says is to one of the meanings of that is to whet their appetite to give them a taste what are they going to have a taste for as they're getting older that's what we had a chance to give them when they were young we were wetting their appetite you know just like if you want to give your your kid all kinds of different foods when they're a baby so that they'll have a palate that likes all kinds of different things we were really trying to train their palate to crave things of the Lord and to crave Jesus. And, and by God's grace, he used those efforts. And, and we saw that play out through the years. Imperfect. We have imperfect children. They have imperfect parents. But by his grace, God used those efforts and our, our priorities in that way so that we have children now who do love Jesus. They do love people and they are actively making choices to serve him. And so as our children were, were coming up, you know, we we were not parents that when our children were born, we said, hey, we're going to homeschool. Nope. No, uh, matter no. of fact, it was exactly <laughs> the opposite. We were like, nope, we're not going to homeschool. We even worked in a youth group, which was a great experience. And I highly recommend it for all young parents out there. You need to go work in a youth work group. Work with teenagers. You need to work with them. teenagers. <laughs> but uh, that's a side. That's that's free. Right. That's that's extra <laughs> bonus content. That's bonus content. But I when our kids were younger, we were actually the opposite. We were like, we are not going to homeschool our kids. And uh, we came to the realization that we needed to homeschool our kids based off of the idea that it was the best way to bring them to Jesus Christ. Right, and to spend the time discipling and, and pointing them to what we felt was important for them to be pointed a, to. Absolutely. And so when we talk about how we have returned to this idea many times in uh, emails that we send out to the people that are on the list, the email list for Teach Them Diligently, uh, when we have an ebook that we'll put a link in for everybody to get to this ebook that's on goals. We actually talked about it in episode 25 uh, about goals, and it was related to this subject. The reason why we keep returning back to this is because we see it as a really big problem kind of out there as we come in contact with parents, not just homeschool parents, but all parents and fathers. You know, when I talk to fathers, they struggle with this as well. And the idea is, is what people, the, the fallacy that I think people operate under is that um, they think, think of their world that they operate in as having multiple goals. They have a professional goal. They have a goal as, you know, marriage. They have a goal as parents. They have a goal that's connected to church. They have a goal. There's all of these goals, and it has to do with probably their identity that they have because people's identity is fragmented. One day you are a mom. One day you are uh, a wife. The next day you are the manager of a you know big company or you are you know working in a company. So you're an employee, and you have different goals that are all tied to that. You don't see that in the Bible. What you see in the Bible is, is that there is one single motivating factor above all else. God tells you to serve him. Your number one goal is to serve him and to learn his word and to 
uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's right. Um, yeah, it is, it, it, it truly is a refining thing because one of the, the, the most difficult, um, obstacles that I think a lot of homeschool, well, I think a lot of people in general, it has no, no bearing on whether you're a homeschool parent, a non-homeschool parent, a, even a parent. One of the biggest obstacles that we have as a society is this dividing of ourselves so that we never feel like we're fulfilling anything well. You know, when I am focusing on these different hats that I wear, um, I am, I am keenly aware that I am failing in some of these areas. I I see it. Satan loves to throw it up and trip me up. But when I step back and I actually focus in on that big, this is what God has given me to do. This is the one thing. So in my homeschool day, my one thing is I'm going for the hearts of my children. I want to point them to Jesus and I want to prepare them to do and be all that he has created them to be. So when I look, focus on that one thing, that gives me an umbrella that everything else falls up under. You get clarity. You get so much clarity. Um, so yeah, it's it's just amazing. And I also, I wanted, before we go any farther, I wanted to make a point um, that when we were young parents, because you were talking so much a minute ago about we had this one goal and we learned so much from Pastor Sweat in Lilburn and you know, all of these things. But one thing that's really important to note is at that time in our lives, David was a very new believer. David didn't come to know the Lord until he was 24 years old. So, um, and we were married at 25 and we had kids at 26. 26. So, so this is not his perspective as it, and you, David has written up his testimony. You can read that, but but the, we came from very different backgrounds. I grew up in a Christian family, had a lot more, um, I guess, head knowledge going into it. David got saved later, but so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how mature you are in the Lord, how long you've been saved. None of these things matter. You still have the same exact calling that we did when we were young young parents. And as you're seeking the Lord, he's going to make that known to you. And he's going to give you wisdom, just like he did us, that you may not even recognize you've got until you're looking in your rearview mirror. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, when when you read, I, I was very focused on a priority. I, I, I think I'm a goal setter by nature. And so I just kind of returned back to that when I was a young Christian. But um, when you read through the Bible, you see constantly this idea of singleness. You know, the Lord your God is one, and it's you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you hear, you see this on a regular basis as you read through the Bible. It's like a theme that comes through this. Well, it, we also see that a double-minded man is unstable right. in all his ways. That's right. And so when you look back, when I look back on um, our life and the most confusing times and the times that we were wringing our hands and we were concerned, we had many things that we were considering at one time. And when we got clarity, we were turned back to, Hey, what is our one goal here? Mm-hmm. And specifically, I remember this scenario when we were in Lexington and we had a really hard time finding a good church and it was very important to us 
that we needed to have our children in church. We needed to have a church in which they were going to learn the word of God, that they were going to have high expectations of them in from those that were teaching them the word of God in that church. We had high expectations as well. And uh, we just had a hard time finding a church that we were really happy with while we were in Lexington. Not making any comments about Lex. It's just in general, it was really hard for us to find a church that we were happy with. And we lived there for almost two years. Mm -hmm. And I remember about six month period, we were really struggling. And we went through all kinds of scenarios. We tried to plan a church there. Had a hard time there with that. Um, yeah, the Lord with, just with kept somebody, closing it kept, doors. We kept having trouble. And I remember just wringing our hands over this issue. And it was causing a lot of upheaval with us. And what are we going to do? 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 And then all of a sudden, through prayer, and go, we got to move. We have to leave. And we made the decision to leave Lexington purely because we wanted our children to be a part of a church and to be in an environment that we felt like we could raise them in which they would uh, come to the Lord, that right. we would be able to surround them with Christ. And so the idea of leaving a job, leaving a house, leaving friends, leaving a school that was because they were going to private school or at least Camden was at the time that we actually kind of liked leaving all of that was based around the idea of what is going to surround our children in the word of God and bring them to Christ and the gospel. All of that was considered under that idea. Well, it was. And, you know, we were not given any clarity. The Lord just started really stirring the waters there and, and gave clarity in that this is our big goal and we need to move toward it. What we didn't know is what we were going to do after we cut those ties. We didn't know that what God had in mind for us when he moved us away from there. We didn't know what he was working, why he wouldn't let us get settled, why he wouldn't let us plan anything, why he wouldn't let us get involved in things. We had no idea that that was part of his plan for us to make us make a call that was very hard because you had a good job. David had a good job at that point. Very, very good job. We were walking away from all of that. And um, so he went in, he told his boss that he was leaving and we made a, a trip down. We we decided, you know, we had to look at Greenville. I grew up in this area. So, you know, we knew that there was a lot going for it. And as we were driving down here, his boss actually called and offered to allow him to work from down here, which was completely unforeseen. Such a... And move a, us down and here. Move, he like physically paid for us to move down here. David had a job. But again, what we didn't know that we can see now in our rearview mirror is by taking that step of obedience, by prioritizing that goal that God had given us, that vision for our family of we have got to do everything, whether it is, takes moving heaven and earth to put our G, our kids at in a position where they are confronted on all sides with things of the Lord and, and are growing up in an atmosphere that we want for them. Because we prioritize that, God set all of this stuff in motion that ultimately within literally a year or so, maybe two years of us being here, 
He called us to homeschool again, like David noted before, because we wanted, we, we knew our time with our children was short and we needed to invest that time in their hearts and in really shaping who they were. So we were called to homeschool. At the end of that year, David was called to leave his job and start running a mission board that is all about um, all about using business as missions. And at that same time, God implanted this idea in us that we need to have an event to celebrate discipleship home educa- in home education. And so Teach Them Diligently was born. We had no idea that that one little goal, not little, that one big goal that we had that drove us to make a really radical decision for our family in leaving a place where we were comfortable from an economic standpoint and going someplace we didn't know if we would be comfortable. Um, God was orchestrating all of that to position us perfectly to do what he's called us to do over the last 10 years. And he's allowed us to, to not only invest in our own family, but he's given, he's opened doors for us to invest in thousands and thousands of others. And I stand in awe of what he has done there. And so when I mentioned before that this was something that we kind of did accidentally, what I was trying to say is, is that it's not something that like, if you go to the ebook and you download it, it has a very structured idea of setting goals, right? Um, that was not conceptualized in our mind. That, that organization, that structure was not conceptualized. There was just this idea that we need to raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We need to raise them to be Christ followers. And, and that's what I mean is that it was accidental. We had one thing that we were trying to achieve. We didn't have all this structure that you guys would be able to read right now. Um, and so it was just something that we were following. And it was our big why. And the reason why we keep coming back to this is because, again, we run into this on a regular basis with families that are really struggling and they're wringing their hands. And I gave an extreme example of we changed our entire geography based off of our kids surrounding our kids with the gospel. We changed our entire geography based off of that. I was willing to change my job. I And it was a good job. Um, it was a cool job. But I was willing to do that in order to fulfill that goal. And what I keep coming back to with families is that God, when he gave you your children, he gave you a single calling. Every single family is different. They have individual, different circumstances, different nuances to their day. Uh, Mom and dad came together as husband and wife under different circumstances. You have different children. All of that is different. But if you are a follower of of Jesus Christ, you have one big why. And it's the same for every single family. And you have been called to do that, to fulfill that. God has given you that duty. He has given you that mission. And every single thing that is put into your life, your house, whatever church, your relationships, 
your job, everything needs to be considered under that single calling. And it's amazing when you set forth what that big why is and you hold on to it, everything else seems to fall into place. And what I mean is, is that when you watch a bunch of kids in a young Sunday school class or in a kindergarten class and the teacher goes up and he says, okay, we are all going to go to lunch now, or we are all going to go outside or we're going to go somewhere. Everybody line up behind so-and-so and the teacher puts their hands on one person. They want to be the head of the line. And then everybody else lines up. All the other kids line up behind that one person, that one child. If that teacher didn't do it and said, okay, we're all going to go outside. Hey, we're all going to go to the cafeteria. It would be mass pandemonium with those young kids. They would be this group, you know, marching down the hallway. Well, and it's it would wrestling be, for the lead. It would be all crazy. Yep. But as soon as the teacher says, this is the head of the line, everybody else falls in line. And that's kind of what I'm saying is that when you establish what that big why is, everything else seems to fall in line. Is there going to be a miracle like a boss calling you on the way to where he, I don't know. That's not the point. What I am saying is, is that once you set up that big why, there is clarity. And when we talk to homeschool families right now, I'm telling you, when we go at our events, we talk to homeschool mom and dads that are at their wits end and they are struggling. They feel like they're failing. They feel like that they're not getting everything in. They're not sure. They're insecure about what they're doing. Maybe there is an argument among mom and dad, whether or not they should even be homeschooling. And usually our answer revolves around some level of when you are homeschooling, remember the number one thing that you need to keep in mind is that it is discipleship. And typically when I make a statement that is sort of like that, there's like this deep breath on the other end. It's like, ah, and homeschoolers come to homeschooling for all kinds of reasons. Um, especially right now, Hmm. right? I mean, homeschooling is doubling in size and that people are coming to homeschooling for all kinds of reasons. And usually that first year that they start homeschooling is crazy for a lot of these homeschoolers. And they think I'm doing something wrong. Well, the answer is what is your big why? It's not about mass mandates. It's not about what the teacher is teaching. It's not about a bully. It's not about some craziness that's happening in the school system. It is the reason why you're homeschooling is because of discipleship. If you are a follower of God, if you are a Christ follower, the reason why you are homeschooling is because God has called you to bring your children to Christ. You can't save them. Christ does that, but it is your job to set your children at the feet of Jesus Christ. And that is what you need to focus on. And if, as long as you keep that your big why and you funnel every other element in your life through that, things start to clarify very quickly. And you can literally define 
every single thing in your life by that one single big why calling. And, you know, your marriage. Why do you need to stay married? Our children. I need to bring them to Christ. Why do you need to hold on to this job? Uh, or why do you need to move? Bring your children to Christ. What should I be teaching this semester? Bring your children to Christ. Whatever it might be, you start funneling it through that big why. And things start to clarify very quickly. And I think that we have so many things as parents that are thrown at us. And we dealt with it as well when our kids were younger. And we deal with it now. Um, there are so many things that are thrown at you um, that kind of throw you off. Even though you may have a commitment to a big why, you still are going to have these moments of, you know, maybe I should be doing this instead. Maybe I should be doing that. I said, my mom says I should be doing it this way. Uh, the person down the road thinks I'm crazy for doing what, whatever it might be. And I'm not necessarily talking about homeschooling. I'm just talking about in general. There's this idea that, well, you need to come back to that is what is my big why? Well, and like you noted, clearly defined goals is clearly defined big why is going to give clarity to everything down the line. And you're going to find that in your homeschool day, in your family and that kind of thing. And that's actually what we want to talk about next week. We want to really dive deeper into these everyday things that we do and how having that one foundational big why is going to inform how you set up your homeschool day, how you, you know, make your priorities within your family, how you decide what activities your kids are involved in. So many things are going to be impacted by that big why. So, um, for this week, I really encourage you to download that goals ebook that David wrote and really dive into it. It will be super helpful as you are um, really prayerfully considering how you quantify what your big goal is. At its core, like David was noting, your big goal as a Christian family is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to teach all of these things diligently to your children, bring them to Jesus, point them to Jesus all along the way. Um, like Pastor Sweat said, you know, be a speed bump in the road of them going to hell. They'll have to crawl over you. Um, so that is ultimately your big goal, but that may be quantified in different ways. And it's, but no matter how you set that up so that you can go back to it, cling to it on those hard days. Find that big goal. And then next week, David, let's talk a lot about what that looks like in practice day by day by day. Well, and just to kind of tease that a little bit, you, I, I mentioned that everybody has the same big why. If you're a Christ follower you, and, and you have children, your big why is going to be the same. But when you get into those next layers of goal setting, right? You get into concrete goals or benchmarks, you get into everyday goals, you get into control goals. You start getting into a lot of individual stuff of how your family operates. And that's where the real individualism comes into yeah. this. And it's going to be different for every single family once you get below that big why. Um, but the big why is really important Absolutely. because it informs everything below it. Absolutely. And it gives an awful lot of clarity and an awful lot of peace to what you're doing. Absolutely. 
Yep. So be sure that you join us there next week because it will be really, really practical. It will be really, really helpful. Um, And then before we go, I wanted to make sure that you all were aware of a class that I actually wrote that goes right along this lines. Heart School was written to help parents just like you get more clarity about what God has actually called you to do and then help you see how you can find a lot of peace for your own heart and your family by allowing the vision that God has given you to guide your decisions. Um, I want you to check that out because in Heart School, we talk about way deeper even than we're talking in these podcasts because we look at everything from foundation and relationships and all of these things, all the way down to how those things impact the nuts and bolts of heart schooling ever, or of homeschooling every single day. So check your or check the show notes here or go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school and learn more about that this week so that um, hopefully you will find that a huge help and will help direct your thoughts and your day-to-day activities as well. So until next week, thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you. And we we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.